Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Abigail. Hi, good morning, Bola. Good morning. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am so happy to have you on as a guest. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm fangirling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being here. And I'm really excited to talk to, talk to you about your story of going from debt to dreams and how you paid off $12,000 of debt and started pursuing motherhood as a foster mom. I'm so excited to talk mm-hmm. to you. So before we dive in, please tell us about you, who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Abigail. A lot of people call me Abby, so you're welcome to call me Abigail or Abby. I am a personal assistant and private chef living in Los Angeles. I work for a family that's in the entertainment industry, and I am finally pursuing my dream of becoming a foster mom. So that's kind of the main um, focus of my life right now is, is all the things I need to do to certify for that. That's so awesome. I, I'm so curious about your job. <laughs> How oh, are you yeah. working for uh, the family in the entertainment industry? <laughs> it's really fun. So I I tell people I basically get to do all my hobbies at work. So I help them, you know, plan travel. I do menu prep and cook for them. I help them, you know, just kind of run their personal life while they're busy mm-hmm. at work. So, yeah, it's, I find it very interesting. I like to wear a lot of different hats and and have a job that's always changing. So for me, it's a really good fit. Very cool. Very cool. So I'd love to dive into your story and have you just share what your aspirations were or are for becoming a foster mom. And one of the things that you mentioned when you applied for the podcast was that you thought it was going to be impossible. So talk to us about that. Why did you want to become a foster mom? And why did you believe that it was not going to be possible for you? Yes. Well, so I, I've been wanting to foster slash adopt really since I was in high school. I think, you know, I started learning or becoming more aware of how many kids are in the foster system, just in need of a, a stable home, even a temporary home, you know, as as their families kind of um, do the work to get back together. But I made the decision when I was 20 to move to Los Angeles and LA is very expensive. And I think, I don't think I thought being a foster mom was 
impossible. I just thought it was impossible now, if that makes sense. I thought, oh, down the road, you know, if I get married, if I, you know, make this crazy salary, if all these things fall into place, then I'll be ready. And I just kind of was living this like paycheck to paycheck lifestyle and feeling like, oh, I can't even afford the extra space in LA. So that's why it felt very impossible until I kind of had a mind mindset shift. And honestly, Clever Girl Finance was a big part of that. Wow. I, and I, I hope it's okay to segue here really quick, just to say like, I really appreciate that you, you tell all sorts of stories, like at different points in people's journeys. Because honestly, I've listened to other financial podcasts and resources before. And sometimes they would be discouraging because people would kind of start from a place of like, you know, oh, my parents gave me this inheritance or I make this crazy salary. And so then I was able to get out of debt. But you actually, you share stories of people that make a wide variety of salaries who have a wide, you know, array of stories. And it kind of made me see like, oh, I can really get where I want to go if I just change a few things. So I really appreciate the big part that you guys are of, of my journey too. Oh, I appreciate you being here and just being a part of our community. You are so awesome. And I'm, I, I love sharing stories like yours because, you know, everybody is unique and we're all coming from unique perspectives, unique experiences, mm -hmm. and we yes. can all learn from each other. So I'm That's so right. glad to hear that. <laughs> so you, you knew you wanted to be a foster mom since you were very young, you moved mm -hmm. to LA, very expensive, kind of like deterred you from even wanting to pursue it. And I love that, you know, you... You're, you're, you have that empathy and compassion for children who are within the system that might need more care, more love. However, one of the things that you faced while you were in LA was debt. Yes. So, <laughs> and you wound up <laughs> racking up over $12,000 in debt, which further deterred you from your dream. Yes. <laughs> so so the D word. Motherhood. Yes. So please tell me, how did you get into that debt? And then what did you do to pay it off? Yeah. So like so many people that I've heard about, I really did not have much of a financial education growing up. And I think like looking back, I think, you know, my parents tried, but it just, it didn't stick or, you know, maybe I just didn't have good examples around me or whatever. But when I moved out on my own at 20, I kind of just thought, oh, credit cards, that equals free money. And, <laughs> you know, just, just started spending and kind of had my like, YOLO moment in life where I was going on trips and putting it on a credit card or shopping and, you know, living outside my means really is what it comes down to. And then a little bit of the debt also, like about 2000 of it, I think was school debt, which is like, you know, that's fine. I just didn't get my act together to pay it off quickly. So it kind of sat there for a little while. But when I probably around, oh gosh, so I'm 36 now, probably when I was around 32, something like that. I just had this little bit of wake up call of like, this is a miserable way to live. <laughs> and I kind of, I sort of got to the point where I started panicking a little and felt like I don't want, you know, I'm getting older. I, this, this debt is putting my dreams on hold. I don't want to live like this forever. And where can I kind of start? So where I started, I, I, don't necessarily recommend this for everyone, but it worked for me. So I actually did a 
debt consolidation company for my for my credit cards. And that helped me because they kind of walked me through everything. And they, you know, if there was any kind of negotiation with the companies or lawyers or whatever, they took care of it. And I think at the, at that point in my life, I just needed, I like desperately needed help. And I, I love, I heard you say before, you know, God helps those who help themselves. But also I, I do believe God helps those who can't help themselves. Yes. And so I was just like, oh, right, I need, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I need help. And like even just feeling ready to like get started, but not knowing where to start. So for me, that tool was helpful at that time. I know it's not for everyone because they do, you know, charge fees and stuff. But for me, that just helped me get in the mindset of like, okay, we're going to get this taken care of once and for all. And I think once I started that step of, you know, really fo- being focused on paying off debt, it changed the way that I thought about spending. It changed the way that I thought about credit cards. So now, I mean, I still have credit cards. I'm not the one that, you know, cut them all up, but I I don't carry a balance. And like, you know, I'll have one that if I need to buy something for work and get reimbursed, like I'll use that and then just pay it off right away. But it also, you know, it changed the way I felt about spending. Like I'll go out to Target now and I won't be like, oh, I need to get this new shirt because I'll think, oh, that's $30 that I could put toward my savings or my, you know, my student loans or whatever. And now too, especially thinking about bringing someone else into my home, like as a foster mom, I really want to have as much of a cushion as I can to make sure that my financial choices aren't negatively affecting someone else. So that was a huge motivator. I know you talk a lot about like remembering your why, thinking about your why. And I think my why got bigger than my YOLO vibes, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like (laughs) I was just like, no, I'm, I'm ready to do this thing. And, and I just kind of stopped making excuses because I think I totally believed, oh, you know, I make a really modest salary for L.A. Like I can't afford it. I don't have enough, you know, that that lack mindset mm-hmm. and looking at everything. It's like, no, I, I make enough money. I just don't utilize it properly. And as soon as I started paying off debt, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate who've had this experience, you see it t- start to snowball where you you start to gain momentum and you pay off one debt and then your second debt gets paid off a little bit faster and then so on and so forth. And so I really started to gain confidence at the same time, because as I was gaining momentum to like get to the point I want to be financially, which I would say I'm still not there yet, but I'm on my way. um, I just gained a lot of confidence because I did see, oh, it is possible. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how wise you are in the choices that you make around it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So were you, did you, were you working extra hours? Were you doing side hustles to pay down? Yes. All the side hustles. (laughs) All the side hustles. hustles. Yeah. So I still do side hustles. I'm like, I'll do my side hustles till the day I, you know, welcome my first youth in my home. So I, I would basically babysit on the weekends, do house sitting, pet sitting, run errands for people, do some tutoring. I I have a lot of experience as a nanny and a preschool teacher. So I would even do like children's birthday parties and things like yeah. that. Now my side hustle tends to be, I have a couple of families that I've, I've babysat for like 10 or 15 years at this point. So I'll, you know, I'll have my couple of solid families that they know 
you know, they're like, we'll give you hours until you're ready to stop. So, you know, I do that still on the weekends or every once in a while after work, but to pay off the 10 grand, I want to say it took me two and a half years, something like that. It felt like much longer than that, <laughs> but I, like, you're back in it, like, it does, oh. right? Yes. It's such a grind. And you feel like, I'm sorry, friends, I can't see you. I can't do anything fun, which isn't true. I, I would still do, um, do some fun things, but I was much more selective and it actually makes you appreciate it more because it's like a rare treat, you know? Um, but yeah, it took me two and a half, three years to pay off that, that 10 grand. And I think because of that too, I was like, I'm not, you know, interested in getting back into credit card debt. And then the last two grand that was like student, student debt, I'm just paying that off this month is my last payment. So yeah, I know. I'm so excited. It's actually weird to think like, oh, what am I going to do without these payments? Like all that can go right into my savings now. <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, and do you mind sharing just a range of what your income was over the two years? No, I don't mind. So at when I first started, I was working at a preschool and I was making around 40 grand a year. Mm -hmm. And then now as a personal assistant, I make about 54, I think. Mm -hmm. So my salary has gone up a little bit. And this is obviously before taxes, right? So you, you pay your taxes. Yes. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. uh, I, I made $54,000 at my first job. So I, I know what that means. Okay. <laughs> and that tax bracket hurts you because yes. <laughs> like, oh, you're taking so much of my paycheck, but then yep. you're like, okay, it's a good thing. It means I'm making more money. So. <laughs> well, first things first, I will say well done on what on what you have accomplished. I love that you mentioned adjusting your mindset and moving away from that lack mentality and just realizing mm -hmm. that even if you were not making a million bucks or six figures, you still had what it took to pay off that 10,000 and now 12,000 because you're about to pay off your student loans this month. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. And the reason why I asked for your income and I asked for, you know, just the breakdown of how long it took you is because there's always people who are listening to this podcast who are just curious and just trying to find mm -hmm. a sense of relatability. And it's just, it, you know, it's, it's nice when people can share so that someone else out there who maybe where you were before you realized you could pay off your debt, who's like struggling with that lack mindset. Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. I just listened to Abby and she did this and she lives in a crazy expensive city, LA. Mm -hmm. Why yes. can't I? Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that and congrats. So <laughs> Thank you. I also wanted to add, we we just did a, I just recorded an episode where um the guest also mentioned using debt consolidation. And like you mentioned, it's not for everyone, but it does work mm -hmm. for some people who are committed to just really getting the heck out of debt. Yes. <laughs> and, uh -huh. the fees and you run your numbers and you make sure that the cost of the consolidation is going to be less than the cost of the interest you currently pay and that mm -hmm. you're committed to getting out of it. So thank you also for sharing that. Yeah, of course. So let's now talk about your journey into becoming a foster parent. So you're almost just so close, so close to being debt-free. Yes. <laughs> and now you're I'm... pursuing, <laughs> you're pursuing uh, becoming a foster mom. What has your, what has the process been like? You have to get certified. Have you faced any hurdles? Tell us more about your experience thus far. Yes. So my process has, I think, probably taken a little longer than, than some people take to, to certify, but I've been with my agency, I think two years now, just kind of slow moving, you know, slowly going through all the steps. And I, I'm partnered with an agency that specializes in 
teenagers who have been through chronic trauma. So they provide a little bit of extra training, you know, trauma informed care and they have a big support system for each of their youth as far as like therapists and mentors. They're actually an incredible organization. So I feel really grateful to be partnered with them. But it, it was a journey of like, I did all my initial training, you know, you do your basic training through LA County here. I, I think each, each city has their own kind of basic foster care training. And then I had my additional specialized training with the agency. And then anyone who has been through being a foster parent will tell you there are mountains of forms and paperwork and um, just a lot of things you need to do. You know, you need to have your vehicle inspected and take a CPR class and you need to have a home that's had, that's been inspected and meets all the safety requirements. So I've kind of finally gone through everything. They're waiting on two pieces of paperwork to clear that have already been submitted. And they think I may have my first my first child or youth join my home as early as next week or the week after so wow. I'm very close yeah that's very close so mm -hmm. obviously your life could change next week right you're gonna have a yes. new uh -huh. home. You, you might face challenges mm -hmm. um you know as, as every new mom does <laughs> whether you whether you're adopting or fostering or you gave birth to the child it's it's a whole new experience mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'd love to know what are some of your goals around being a mom, around your finances, your goals and your plans for the future? Yes. So, well, I will say getting into my, I keep saying journey, but it, you know, I don't know what other way to use, but my foster <laughs> care journey, I had my expectations shift a lot. I think in my mind, I went into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be so great. I'm going to be a mom and have a forever family. But then as I got into the training, I realized that with older, older children, like teenagers, they don't always want to be adopted. You know, they may feel connected still with their birth family. They may be so used to having their independence that they don't, you know, necessarily want to align with a new family, which I, I totally understand. Some do, and I'm, I'm open to that. I would love to adopt or wherever that road leads me. But I think learning about where so many of these youth are coming from, my goal is just to be a safe space and to be a steady adult. Like I will help you apply for college. I will go to your um, PTA meetings. You know, I will be there making Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, anything like that. Just wanting to be that safe person that like when you get older and you move out, you can come back, you have a home base. Mm -hmm. And I would love for that to end up in adoption. But, you know, I'm just kind of open to, to whatever it looks like for the individual teenager. And with that, I think just my financial goals are to have, have a buffer, have a cushion always to, you know, if an emergency comes up, oh, oops, I had a fender bender, I can help them pay to fix their car or, you know, I would love to help fund someone's college education, but at the very least have a steady home, a stable home with enough food on the table. And it doesn't feel like there's any financial stress because I don't think, you know, a kid in that situation needs any added stress to their life. So I think just for me being a healthy and whole financial adult to then be able to support someone else without adding any 
financial stress to their life. And then as an individual, you know, all the normal goals, like I want to retire or cover, you know, if I have any medical emergency without going into further debt. So yeah, I'd say those are my overarching goals. I love that. I love that. Those are great goals to have. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, bringing, you know, a new person, a new child into your, your, your home is, is an, it's going to be an experience and mm-hmm. you have so much love to give this child. Aww. They're going to want to come back home for Thanksgiving and come back to visit. And, you know, even when they're done with college, bring their own family to, to visit you. So it's going to be great. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you because there's, you know, other people who are listening to this podcast who maybe they have a dream of, they want to become a foster mom. They want to expand uh-huh. their family. They want to start a business. They want to move to a different country, whatever their goals are, but they're feeling weighed down by their financial constraints. So for example, the way you felt uh-huh. way back two years ago, where you're like, there's no way I can pay this stuff. I only make X amount after taxes. I'm doing a hundred side hustles. I don't even make six figures. Uh-huh. What advice would you offer that person who is back where you were <laughs> two yes. years ago? facing the same similar or similar uh, mindset challenges or financial constraints, trying to navigate debt, et cetera. Yeah. I would just say, don't be afraid to start small. And once you start small, keep going. I really like the story that you share about like saving $1 and just being in that mindset of like, no, I have this dollar. I'm not going to spend it. I'm going to save it. And, you know, there were times that I would pay like ten dollars to my credit card or whatever and it's like that might feel a little defeating but it's something it's debt that you're paying off you know take an extra side hustle day when you're tired you know if not saying like burn yourself out physically but if you can do it make those little sacrifices to better your future self because that's really what it is and I will just say that as someone who's kind of midway through the journey your stress level will be reduced by so much. If you (laughs) just continue, you will feel the stress lifting off of your shoulders. And honestly, like the quality of life that I have, just not feeling as stressed all the time. I'm, I'm amazed at how different that it has felt. And I didn't even realize the level of stress that my finances were adding to my life. And it's like my stomach isn't in knots every day. So just start small, do what you can. And and honestly, you'll be surprised. Keep track, like keep track of everything and then look back at it in a month and you'll be like, wow, I, you know, I paid off $75 of this debt or I paid off $200. Whereas, you know, for the last six of my six months of my life, it was just sitting at, I had paid nothing off. So celebrate those little wins, celebrate the the victories, but don't give up. Just keep going. Start small, and you'll be amazed at how much it it snowballs. I love that advice, and that that's really great advice. Like the the one dollar, I still go by that mindset of <laughs> yes. You know, I recently uh, started a savings challenge with a friend of mine, and I, we were talking. She's a friend who we do workouts together. Like she lives in uh-huh. a different um, city, but we keep ourselves accountable. And I was like, you know what? We're talking about money. I was like, you know what? We have all these financial goals, all these things we're pursuing, all these, you know, emergency savings, whatever. But let's just create, mm-hmm. let's just see what we can do with money we don't need to spend. So we oh, that's cool. accounts and we're just, we don't have any dollar amount. But every week we're making a transfer of money that we don't need to spend. We don't need to mm-hmm. buy the shirt. We don't need to mm-hmm. buy the coffee. It's not tied to any goals. It's just to have this account to just see what can we save 
Uh if they just are just a little bit more mindful. Yes, we have automated savings, automated investments, emergency savings, blah, blah, blah. But what can we save if we're just a little bit more mindful? We haven't talked about what we're going to do with the money, (laughs) but it's those dollars, it's those $10, it's those $3. And so it's going on. <laughs> and so believe cool. me, it we started this, I think, a month ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was going to spend all this money on a bunch <laughs> yeah. of nonsense or just, you know, stuff. So that $1, I live by it. it. It helped me in the early stages of trying to save, of trying to get on my feet financially. And like you said, don't discredit a dollar payment, a dollar investment, a dollar savings it, it with the consistency and the time and developing the habit, it, it adds up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, man, balancing your career, you have a lot of things going on at work, uh, working with another family, you're still doing your side hustles, you're managing your finances, you're preparing to become a foster parent. All of these things can be demanding, right? You only have 24 hours a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. are you? prioritizing your self-care and creating a sense of balance in your life. How are you making time for, for you, Abby? Yes. Well, this is something that I'm still working on. I think as someone who, you know, has a strong work ethic and also really enjoys work, I have to be careful that I don't become a workaholic and just make my life completely about working. So I've tried to just make little choices. I mean, same with my finances where you start small and then make conscious little choices that then benefit your overall financial well-being. I think it's the same for me with, with self-care, like choosing to take a hot bath and like put, you know, essential oils in it or whatever little like comfort that I need to do to kind of fully relax my body at the end of a, Mm -hmm. a long day, making better choices about what I'm eating, making my, you know, I'm on the go a lot. And so it's easy to like grab a burrito or something, but if I'm making my lunch in advance and I can focus on like, am I getting enough vegetables and protein today? You know, food that supports my body and my health. Also things like not consuming media. That's not good for my emotional health. Like even, you know, depending on where I'm at in my life and how much stress I'm kind of balancing day to day, sometimes I can't watch like a sad movie or an intense TV show. And I need to just read a novel or, you know, just consume something that's not going to engage my like adrenaline in my body and just thinking about little things like that to, to care for myself overall. And then honestly, like saving money and paying off debt has been part of my self care because it's added so much um, wellness to my overall like health as a human being. (laughs) So I don't know, just, just small things like that and, and trying to make conscious choices. I think, it's very easy for me, my personality to be like, oh, I don't need self-care. Like I'm just, you know, on the go, go, go. Like I'm in the working phase of my life, but having the realization that I need to be here to care well for others, like, especially like entering motherhood, like even in an unconventional way, it's like, I need to really focus on taking care of myself because I want to be there for someone else. So that's been a big motivator there too. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be anything big or elaborate or crazy. Just small elements of self-care where you just, maybe it's just sleeping in on the weekend or mm-hmm. allowing yourself time to journal or allowing yourself time to just sit with your cup of coffee in the morning before your day gets hectic or painting your nails. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, you know, especially if you're on in, on a budget or maybe even splurging, getting a massage, taking yourself out to dinner. 
it's really important mm-hmm. to like pause no matter where you are in your financial journey whether you're saving you're trying to pay, pay down debt you're trying to start a new career you you want to take care of you because mm-hmm. there's only one you and that's if right. you're not well you can't do anything any of the goals none of that you can't do any of it and that's a lesson mm-hmm. that i have had to learn the hard way dealing with burnout and it's something that i'm constantly challenging myself to do to take care of myself right because mm-hmm. i'm wife i'm mom i'm business owner i'm leader i'm this I'm so all many these, things <laughs> i'm the driver i'm the cook i'm the laundry lady mm-hmm. all these different things <laughs> i'm the valet <laughs> all these different things that i do and a, a lot of times i forget to take care of me yeah so i i agree with everything that you said it, it's so important to just prioritize yourself and you always the other thing i was going to tell you that is just always remind yourself what you have done well because you've done so much well you've you may have a financial savings goal now that you're about to get out of debt, but guess what? You've got out of debt. That's huge. You were able to make uh, the you were yeah. able to start this foster mom process. You're, you've done so well, and you want to remind yourself of that because uh, that also boosts your mood and it boosts your motivation and all of that. Oh, that's really good advice. Yeah, thank you. So finally, I wanted to ask you, well, not finally, because I have a couple of questions, but... <laughs> What would you tell someone who's listening who they're just on that they're on the verge of believing that their dream is not possible? Mm-hmm. Where you thought that, you know, from when you were 20, so 16 years ago, you knew you wanted to be a foster mom, but you're like, no, that's not going to work out. It's not, it's not possible. What would you tell someone? Well, first of all, don't give up. <laughs> but second of all, ask yourself, why not? Like, why isn't this possible? Write down why you think it's not possible, what barriers are in the way. And sometimes that helps you create a list that you can go down one by one and cross things off the list that then you realize, oh, my dream actually is possible. So like for me, I thought being a foster mom was impossible because I didn't have I was in debt. I didn't have enough space. I didn't have like an emergency fund to where I felt like I could present myself as a responsible adult. And like one by one, all of those things changed because I targeted them one by one. Whereas if you leave the the gaping umbrella of this impossible thing, it feels so unapproachable. But break it down. What are all your reasons you think this can't happen? And what can you do to change it? And I think one thing too is, our dreams might not always look like what we think they're going to look like. Like say if someone wants to be a singer, like they might not get on American Idol or something, but they might be able to start a YouTube channel and gain a following that way and still achieve their dream in an unusual or unexpected way. And it's like, don't, don't give up on the things that you want to do. Just change your approach and break it down into manageable steps And if debt is something that's blocking you, just be patient. I think sometimes we give up because it feels like it's going to take so long and it does take a long time, but you'll be surprised that once you start making a concerted effort, it goes faster than you think. And then I'm actually having to adjust to like, whoa, what am I going to do when I'm out of debt? I don't ever remember being out of debt as an adult. So you'll find yourself with new good problems of like, then what do I do with these resources? But I would just say, don't give up and ask yourself, why not? Write down all the why nots and then try to knock them out one by one methodically. And you might be surprised. Yeah, that is, that is great advice. Thank you for sharing that. 
Mm-hmm. And then a question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is, what is your clever girl superpower? <laughs> I had to think about this one. So I think it's networking, but not not in the sense of connecting myself to other people, but connecting people to each other. I love when a friend is like, oh, I'm doing this project, you know, on my house. And I'll be like, oh, I know someone who would be great to help you with that. Let me connect you guys. I really like to introduce my friends to each other to help them collaborate on things or just be like, oh, you would love this person. And I really like to connect and foster community. And I look back at all the support that I've had by different women in my life. And I especially love to connect awesome women with each other because that's been um, such a gift to me. So yeah, I like to pay it forward by being a, a connector. I love that connecting and networking. Mm-hmm. And I, I see how that suits you because of what you do. <laughs> you yes, totally. And all the side hustles you mentioned. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it's so great. funny. You, you find yourself growing your collection of people as you get older in life, and it's fun to share them with each other. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Abby, so much for coming on, for sharing your story, your journey, sharing your advice for others, sharing, you know, your tips. I wish you tons of success. Congratulations again on becoming debt-free this month. Thank uh, you so much. for almost becoming a foster mom potentially next week. <laughs> yes, I'll have to send you guys an update via email yes. whenever it all happens. I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. And please tell everyone where they can find you if they want to keep in touch with you. I know you mentioned you are a chef. You are an amazing cook. So please tell us about uh-huh. that Instagram account. <laughs> yes. So I, I do have personal social media that I keep private just because, you know, being a foster mom, I want to protect the privacy of any kids in my home, but I have a public Instagram for all of my cooking projects, some that I do at work, some that I do at home. And it's alpha, alpha girl, beta chef. It's on Instagram. And I wanted to offer too, if anyone's interested, they can DM me and I'm happy to talk through like affordable meal prep or affordable recipes that really helped me, you know, on my paying off debt journey. So if anyone wants advice or tips there, I'm totally happy to chat with whoever through my my DMs on my Instagram. Thank you. I will put that in the show notes for anyone who wants to reach out. This has been great, Abby. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bola. I feel like I was chatting with a celeb today. I'm so (laughs) excited to have met you and chatted with you. You've been such a, a huge help to me. And and honestly again, just thank you for making your resources free and available to women who want to change their financial life because it's honestly such a helpful thing and it really, really blessed me. So thank you. Oh, I'm I'm so glad. I'm so humbled. Not a celebrity, oh. but I really appreciate your support. <laughs> to me. I, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Abby. Thank you, Bola. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.